Hello, everybody. Live from a beautiful 64-degree day by the beach in California. It is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, also known as the Icons. How are you feeling after the hiatus? Are you mid-hiatus? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm hiatus out. I'm ready, really? You ready, ready to get back in? Ready to jump right back in. Jackknife. <laughs> I'm not ready to belly flop in it just yet. I'm still taking it easy, folks. It's that weird period between Christmas and New Year's where time doesn't really exist. You can't figure out what day it is. Traffic is a little suspect. Life in general is easy. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports, and that's why we wanted to come to you. We got quite a few things to cover. We want to wrap up the year in boxing. We got a couple goodbyes to say. We want to uh, speak about the state of the union in football right now. But we're going to start off with a little hot stove because it's finally heating up. So Major League Baseball is popping. You know, it's actually been somewhat of a cool stove. The winter meetings haven't yielded a lot of fruit just yet. None of the big, big names have have transferred and made moves, but it looks like the Mets are are actually the surprise front runner so far on making moves. What do you think? They've made a couple of small moves, not grand, humongous moves. Robinson Cano is not like, you know, he's not in his prime anymore, so it's not anything like that. So with with the Mets, they're, they're actually making their team better, but the big guys haven't dropped yet, so it's hard to gauge anything right now. The hot stove is definitely not hot. And and it's all it seems like it all hinges upon everybody trying to decide whether they're going to fool with Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or not. Right. And I think that the Phillies still are the front runners, although the Yankees seem like they're primed to jump in there. And I I know, but the, it seems like they're trying to stuff the market down or something they, because they, everybody wants to play coy right now. Right. They want to they want to tease you. Yeah, they want to tease <laughs> hands on. But the problem is that I just feel like it's a it's a attempt to lowball Manny Machado definitely. And many sort of brought. Some it's of almost sort of like self. I was just about to say. It's almost like the the Tyson Fury Wilder thing, where Fury gave them a way out to cheat him by getting knocked down twice. Right, and that's what Manny Machado did by just a state, a couple of statements. Because even some of the dirty plays, they can excuse that. But then this statement about not being a hustler—that you know, just doesn't. It doesn't sound right. They're going to hold that over his head until after they sign the contract. They're going to hold that over his head when he goes into the Hall of Fame. No, but they're going to sign him, and they're going to they're going to forget about it as soon as they sign his contract and give him that big cheese. They're not going to worry about that. No, nah. yeah. If well, that's the case, then don't sign him. Well, I mean, right now nobody's signing him. Well, somebody <laughs> but somebody sign him. Though. They said he's met with several teams. He wanted to make a, uh, his decision. In the I don't new blame year. him. Go ahead and play around. Yeah, he wanted to be on hiatus for a while. Yeah. Finger pop. Figure out what's what. Yeah. Oh, they say the dark horses are the White Sox, though. I wouldn't mind him going to the Sox. They got a couple of kids in the minors that they can bring up. And you know, and compliment him, and if he can, if they can get him and Bryce Harper because they haven't spent any money in a long time, and that's a big market, and they're in the major market, so they can actually make some noise. I was surprised the Cubs let go of Daniel Murphy. Yeah, I am too. And then the Rockies swooped him up real quick, and he's supposed the to Rockies play. lineup is outrageous. Yeah, and he's by supposed the way. To, he's supposed to play first base for the Rockies, so then they can bring up a stud that they have also, Brendan Rodgers, that's in the minor leagues. Um, if they don't sign DJ LeMahieu. Why wouldn't they sign DJ LeMahieu? All he does is hit. Yeah, even because if he gets hurt. Because they don't have to pay. They don't have to pay him, and they can afford to bring up this kid that's supposed to be another. You know, their their team that actually grooms infielders that can swing the stick. Yeah, and they're going to bring this kid up, and he's supposed to be one of those kids. Speaking of which, uh, ex Colorado Rockies uh, Troy Tulowitzki, they say he's working out for teams now. Isn't it crazy to listen to that? That Troy Tulowitzki has to work out for teams it's to just convince them to let him play. And I mean, this isn't a, a long time ago that Troy Tulowitzki was considered to be was the best shortstop in baseball. <laughs> yeah, he was literally the Trevor Story of you know, no, but better because he didn't strike out a ton of times. Troy, yeah. Troy Tulowitzki at the time was considered to be one of the best players in baseball, like one yeah. of the top five players in baseball. And then, then remember, it was a super crazy blockbuster when he went to Toronto, and that seemed like the worst thing that's ever happened to his life. Well, I don't even think that at that time when he went to Toronto it was a big blockbuster because he had fallen off. Remember, he had um, what was it, a knee problem? Yeah, he had, like he had gotten hurt, but and the, but, he had but the idea was, but the idea was, he was going to come back and be himself. I felt like it was a bad move by Toronto because you're talking about taking him and putting him on astral turf to play, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, they with a bad know, knee. <laughs> what they were doing is they at that time, if you remember, they signed him, uh, Donaldson. Uh, somebody else. They're trying they, to get that monster infield. Yeah, they had signed Damn. several people, and they still had Joey Bats, and then, then they got Encarnacion. It was a, a they had a, a formidable lineup, but it wasn't it all it wasn't meant to be. And right now, speaking of Toronto, I like the idea that San Diego is trying to grab uh, Marcus <laughs> Stroman and Corey Kluber 
and Corey Kluber. Yeah. San Diego could be popping real quick if they if they were ex- able to execute. I can't imagine it's difficult to sell people on living in the city of San Diego. It may be difficult to, to convince people that they're serious about winning, but if they can make simultaneous moves, they can convince people really quickly. They just need some offense. I mean, this got to have some offense. This is their number one shtick. They love getting pitching, but they're just like the opposite of the Angels who go get a ton of outfielders. They go get a ton of pitchers and no sticks. Yeah. Well, they got Hosmer. They got Will Myers. They got the, they got the, <laughs> the young it. budding stud, Hunter Renfro, who likes to strike out too much. Yeah. But if you add a couple pieces there, you can make some, some noise. They actually have a big time prospect too that they'd want to bring up. That's, uh, that shortstop, Fernando Tatis' son. Oh, really? Shortstop, uh huh. Hey, tell the people what's wrong with your nose. Oh, skunk juice. <laughs> <laughs> she only want me for my skunk juice. <laughs> the skunk is the skunk. <laughs> The skunk has cut loose and got into the sinus area. Wow. Yeah. Brought me down. Wow. Brought me down, bro. So does he just spray all over the house or is it an out? Is he an extermination? Is he trying to get you guys to move out? I think so because he sprays in the vicinity and it's often, I think it's close to like at least two times a night. And now it's to the point where somebody helped me out. Now you got skunked. <laughs> Help. Help me. <laughs> Help me if you can. I'm feeling good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's a bad look, huh? So what do you tell me your take on this Dodgers move? I mean, I, I'll give <laughs> what you, Dodgers move? Exactly. <laughs> the the unload of arguably their two best players that are offensive that are everyday players. From from what I gather, they're supposed to be clearing space so that they can land one of the big time big time guys like Machado. And I think that honestly. And this is Harper. as a Dodger fan, but being at the World Series, I feel like the Manny Machado ship sailed yeah. because the fans don't want him back. No, I don't think that the fans really. I don't know, which ever, is uh, which is amazing. Yeah, I don't ever think that they ever you know brought him in like that. You know, come on, bring him in, give him a big hug. They never really uh, you know accepted him like that. They wanted it, but they, well, they accepted it, but they they didn't. You know, they want Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is almost like a local kid. Yes, he's a, he's a vacant kid, and they would love to have a lot Bryce. of ties here. Yeah, but I really. I mean, they have Alex Verdugo in the minor leagues, another lefty. Then you got Bryce Harper, a lefty, and then you have uh, Muncie, Muncie, and Cody Bellinger. You got a lefty heavy lineup. I mean, I bring a, a dominant lefty, and they're, they're shut out. Andrew Tolles. Yeah, I think that if they uh, I, and uh, Corey Seager, and Corey Seager, here's what I feel like. What do you feel like? I feel like Yasiel Puig came into his own last year. That forever and ever, we've been talking about how Puig was the underachiever. He seemed like he was more style than substance. But last year, Yasiel Puig told the fans when the Dodgers were in a slump that we'll see you guys in the World Series. And he did his part to get them to the World Series. And I have to say he did his part to win the World Series. Yasiel Puig was the only guy that played consistently that had an approach. He had he was willing to go up the middle. He's willing to go the other way. He set pitchers up, hit a big bomb that low-key – should have changed the the total tide and momentum of the World Series. And when they gave up the bomb right afterwards, when Madsen gave up the bomb to Mitch Moreland right afterwards, Puig looked like he got hit by the skunk. <laughs> he looked like you in the don't, outfield. Don't, don't hit him like that. That's what he looked like. He looked very, very disappointed. And so when, you, when you're looking at the situation, you got young Puig out there. Uh, he's, a, he's an example of the new school. He's full of flair. He fit in perfectly with Los Angeles. He really... I mean, really picked up the city, and he picked up the vibe of the city. I, only reason I'm happy to see Puig go is hopefully his house got stops getting broken into. <laughs> this is the only reason. Maybe. They must have broken into Puig's house ten times. I mean, I don't know if Cincinnati's that much better. They might just catch the people who are doing it this time. Uh, maybe, but I, I don't, you know. So, but, so, but, so, but, so but, this but, is, this but, is but, how Puig, I feel. I mean, Puig... Still, to me, as a right fielder nowadays, his numbers aren't up to code as far as being a dominant right fielder. He didn't play every day. He he played 146 games. That's almost every game. He appeared in 146 games. That's not saying he played. How many ABs he get? He had 530 ABs. It's a lot of ABs. <laughs> a lot of he ABs. played every day. <laughs> he gave me he gave me great 80s numbers. Don't he double, lay, lay his 80s numbers up, baby. He gave me 26 bombs, 73 ribeyes, 109 strikeouts. Um, 16 stolen bags and a 289 average. I mean, I can't be mad at Puig. It, right, that's it, Kurt it, Gibson. That's back in 88. That, but that's not enough nowadays. These dudes are putting up monsters. You look at Bryce Harper numbers, and that's a monster right field number. 
Yeah, but Bryce Harper is going to get paid forty to fifty million dollars a year. You were paying Yasiel Puig seven million dollars a year. Yeah, but then that tells me that I could afford to bring up another kid out of the minor leagues that probably going to give me pretty much close to what Yasiel's giving you. We're going to see, but that's not supposed to be what the move is about. You see, that's the problem with that. You format. see that? Why? It's not about that. It's not about <laughs> that because they're not leaving. They're not getting Puig out of there to save money for a younger kid. They're getting Puig out of there and Kim, to, to create space. And Kim, now and I happen to run Alex into Matt. Wood. I ran into Matt in Miami uh, a couple weeks back, and I asked him. I told, I asked him. I said, "Hey, now, what's the reason that they stopped playing you a, uh, some sort of a contract incentive laden thing?" And he said, "No, it wasn't." I said, "Really?" I said, "So what happened?" He said, "Man, I don't know." He said, "I went into a slump after the All Star break. I went something like two for twenty three or two for twenty seven, and he never saw the light of he day." He said, and then the coach came in and said, "Hey, uh, we're gonna start platooning you," and I was like, "What?" What, what am I going to say? And I told him, I said, that's unbelievable because at the time, Matt had to be hidden up well he into was an the all-star, threes. Wasn't he? he was an all-star. He, I think he's still going to win comeback player of the year. And not only that, slumps are a part of baseball. This, this is what I'm saying. What that's what, that's what I told Matt. I said, come on, man. This is baseball. Nobody's hitting 400. Nobody hits 400. Nobody barely hits 300. You barely, <laughs> you barely like, got two dudes touch 350 every decade. Come on, man. So now if you go into a slump, you, you get the the – the raw deal. And we also saw a member of a team that beat the Dodgers in the World Series who shall remain nameless. And they gave their take because they actually would like to play in L.A. under the condition that they actually get to play. Because they said in, in watching the Dodgers, whether they were watching their World Series or the other World Series that the Dodgers lost, they said this, it's really going to be difficult for this team to beat us resting their four best players every single day. Yeah. And no matter which four you feel like that that they are, because there's four dudes that should be starters that are not starting. Just and because of the analytics. Just because of these analytics. And honest to God, I really wish they would have got rid of Cody Bellinger instead of Puig. Or yeah, Matt Kemp. Or Matt Kemp. Or Alex Woods. I don't know why they're sour they, of Alex Woods. But because they conditioned Alex. Alex Wood was like a battered wife. They conditioned Alex Wood to be uh, uh, accepting of his non-good situation. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they brought Alex Wood in in relief when he's a starter his whole life. And the situation's to fail. He got dug out. Several times, several times Alex Wood came in in the postseason and gave up a bomb, and then they take him right out. They don't even let him <laughs> get you. any outs after that. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I would love to know Alex Wood's postseason ERA this year because it had to be screaming. Yeah, he got dug out. He got dug several times. Why'd you do that to him? I didn't do it. I didn't <laughs> get one knock off Alex Wood, <laughs> and I also didn't take him out the game. You know, and then, you know, there's 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 the other side of it. They got these guys out of there. They're going to release Homer Bailey if they already haven't. They are. They already have. They already have. And then, uh, then they're saying that so it's just a salary dump. It's a salary dump. So they have to make a move. There's just no two ways about it. Yeah. You get Corey Seager back, which I think that accompanied with the results from last year means you're not going to really go for Manny Machado. Bryce Harper is the prototype that they're looking for here. Uh, I wonder if they'll platoon Bryce. Who knows? <laughs> what does the analytics say? Yeah, exactly. And then they got to get another stud pitcher. Now, if the Dodgers can find a way to get uh, Trevor Bauer or Corey Kluber, and you're talking about Ace, Kluber, Bueller, and Hunjin, you can have a hard time beating them in the, in the series. Well, it's all up to Clayton Kershaw. We'll see in spring training what his velo is looking like, his velocity, because if his velocity is not back up to code, then he's just going to be an average, a little slightly above average pitcher. Right. I believe that Clayton Kershaw is in the process of currently doing, I just looked in the backyard, he was out there working on his he's back. Warming up. He was, no, he wasn't getting loose. He was just doing some push-ups, mm-hmm. tightening up his core. Okay. And so, but, but I really believe that Clayton Kershaw is going to do, if it's possible, Clayson Kershaw's doing uh, whatever he can. Kershaw. No, no, no. It's Clayson. He's actually he's he's gonna <laughs> Jackie take, Clayson. He's gonna take over for Tadaboon Alice. He's gonna take over for Clayton Kershaw this year. He's got a better back. But uh, yeah, I you know the salary dump is what they're going for. I think we're waiting for the other shoe to drop when it comes to they're playing games in baseball. That's just the bottom line. They're not making enough upset. moves. Yeah, I am because they won't pull the trigger on. Once you once one of these big guys fall, the domino falls, then everybody then it's gonna be a domino effect. Gotta rush. Everybody's gonna to have to rush. Yeah, but right now it feels like the owners are colluding to, you know, against players to try to control or manipulate the market. That's the feeling that I get. Yeah? Yeah. Because in in 
just recently, what is that? Probably in the last five years, have we seen this whole method of holding out, signing the big time players uh, into spring training? Yeah, into even. spring training, just trying to low lowball the market, which has to have something to do with the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, I mean, come on, dude. Because prior to that, they weren't able to do it. Right, they couldn't do it. And hats off Tony because they just reopt him. Yeah, yeah. Congrats yeah. to Tony. Yeah. Tony Clark got a, got a re up on his deal, and I think he has a vision for the players. I just hope it comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have one thing I want to cover. Well, I mean, you you want to cover your boy Charlie Morton. Charlie got him a deal. Oh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie got him one. It's just with a nice pitching coach. Yeah, but he's just in one of the toughest divisions. He's in the toughest division yeah. in baseball. Yeah, in baseball. But those kids made a lot of noise. I just I. I'm very impressed. Yeah. Honestly, they don't have much offense. And uh, if they can tighten up their defense and they can always tighten up your defense, that's just uh, it's almost like a mental folk, mental block. Like, But what I'm saying is that and they need a big stick. They need one big stick. They need it. They need a big stick. And I think they should actually open up the pocketbooks and do it completely. Just go all in. They should lure a, a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado. They should have tried to work on the goldsmith. Wow. How about the St. Louis Cardinals? Yeah. Once again, the St. Louis Cardinals are going to be right back in the mix. Right in the thick of things. They are. If they're not going all the way because they have young They got it all now. They have pitching up the yin-yang. And they can shut the game down. Yeah. So they're not going to have a problem being in games offensively. They play uh, – well, last year – I think people – you're vastly – the casual fan, unless you live in Arizona – or unless you're a National League West person, vastly underestimates Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. But the pitching that the the um the Cardinals have, one of the problems with the Cardinals is that they have one of the worst defenses that they've ever had last year. Which is not their style. Yeah, which is not their style. And it style. seemed like Matheny just lost the team. Yeah. He lost the clubhouse. But if And then afterwards they got it back together. If they bring if they get their defense together, man, they are a serious, serious problem. I would you know, if their defense, if they make another move too, uh, you could almost pick them to come out of the National League. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Although I'm be high on the Braves. I'm high on the Braves, but I, I don't think they're as good as the Cardinals. No. Not at this point, but like we said, we have, uh, we have other shoes to drop. You- Winfield. <laughs> Size 14. <laughs> this is a Hall of Fame shoe. <laughs> got a great story for you guys. I played in a celebrity softball game before the All-Star game a couple of years ago. You guys may remember it, and the kid... Cameron Boyce, the Disney star, tried to tag up and ran into me at home and got housed. And uh, after the game, <laughs> I had a couple good plays in the field. And after the game, Mr. Dave Winfield came up to me and said, Omar, I like your game out there. I like how you carry yourself. You going to be around this weekend? I said, yeah. How you doing, Mr. Winfield? I, you know, I love Dave Winfield. Like I had all his cards, everything, everything, everything. I have something for you. Dave Winfield, like a G, goes to his sock on the pitching mound at Petco Field and slides me a personal VIP invite to a party. Now what, homeboy? I said, wow. Thanks, <laughs> Mr. Winfield. Uh, I said, man, you got another one? My brother's coming. Your brother? <laughs> or your brother? <laughs> it's a, uh, my brother. <laughs> All right. Went back to the sock. And you're listening to two guys who got to go to the party. And hang out with Dave Winfield. Come on, Winfield. Andrew Miller. Yeah. The giant Deline Batances. Yeah. All kind I of met guys. Ricky Henderson. It was nice. Oh, man. Vince Coleman. It, yeah. Wow. The, all, almost all the Cardinals yeah. were there. Ozzy. Yeah. Ozzy's the homie. Ozzy's the homie. Shout out to the GOAT, Ozzy Smith. It's so hard for anybody to, to be the greatest at something. Right. Hands down. He is the greatest shortstop, hands down. There's nobody that has ever known anything about baseball that will tell you anything different. <laughs> yes. It's very, very hard to say that somebody's better than Ozzy Smith. It is. Last thing I want to say is, uh, you know, they had that heart scare for, for Ace, CC Sabathia. Uh, rode the treadmill the other day while he was working out, started sweating too quickly, said he didn't feel like something was right, but he didn't feel that bad. But he, he, he mentioned it to the staff. They checked him out and found out he had an artery block to his heart. And uh, he wouldn't got a stint put in. They put a stint. Yeah, they put a stint in. He's supposed to be ready for spring training. This is going into his last year. He's trying to get to the World Series. And, you know, wow. So good speedy recovery for the big guy. Love CC. And I just wanted to give you a, a, a compliment while we're on the hot stove. Because if you guys go back to the Ozone, April edition, March edition, when the Red Sox signed J.D. Martinez, the Icons said that they were going to be a formidable force, better than the Yankees, and probably the best team in baseball. 
And that's what came to pass. Yeah. We had a couple of people come on that wanted to get aggressive with me about that. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Some serious aggression. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a game changer. It's shown. Yeah. And you I, think they're going to resign Kimbrell? I wouldn't. I mean, because he wasn't a shutdown guy. I know that he's out there looking for big money, but he's looking for that Chapman money. Yeah, but I, not because he's up in age, because his velocity was still up. But he wasn't he wasn't shutting it down like you'd like to see a guy who throws a hundred miles an hour shut it down. Never blown a save in October. Wow, it's hard to not sign him. <laughs> it's hard to not sign him, even though he was a wild boy. But but from there, what I understand, he's never blown a save in October. Yeah, but the thing of it is, is that his ERA is way up from where it is in the regular season, right? He he just doesn't completely shut it down like you like to see the the shutdown closers. I know exactly I, what you're saying. You want to see a guy come in there and close the door. Yeah, and he's a he he likes to get the tying run on. He likes to play. <laughs> he likes to play. And speaking of the the surgeries, Kenley uh, Jansen got his surgery, yeah. and hopefully he'll stop playing. He plays he plays a little too much. He played way too much for Dodger fans this year. Those tickets where we sit are expensive, and I don't go up there to get my heart broke. I might as well do that with the babes at the house. <laughs> I don't I don't need uh, somebody to to give me a heart attack by getting the tying run on and giving up a bomb. That's what he's in the eighth inning, and he shouldn't be in that game. Sorry. Well, we got big college football action coming our way, and we have our college football analyst ready to go. Next victim, live on the Ozone. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Ho, 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 my brother. Happy holidays. I'm sorry. This is do it for the tipper. It's not even next victim anymore. He did. He's trying to promote a positive lifestyle. Absolutely. I can dig that. Right on, brother. You have a good time around the holidays this year? How you feeling? Did you get a couple days off? Did you get any rest? Man, number 45 gave a couple of days off, so I'm okay. I'm doing good, well rested, ready to get ready for these bowl games. Big bowl games coming up. Hopefully you're not involved in the government shutdown and you actually got your Christmas cash. <clears throat> what do you think is happening this weekend? And we're going into the New Year's and we're coming in hot. We're coming in super hot. Even though it's a blizzard going on everywhere, we coming in hot on the ozone. Oh, yeah. It's it's going down once again with all the bowls. We got the chili bowl. We got the gas bowl. We got the Mediterranean <laughs> bowl. We got <laughs> You about to get served up with the bowl time during the holidays. Let's do it. I'm trying to get with the hummus bowl so then I can have a gas bowl. <laughs> and hopefully I can get a protein bowl. <laughs> <laughs> to lead to acai bowl. And then I'm going to take you over to cow bowl, homeboy. There you go. Being nasty again. <laughs> 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 yeah, talk to me. So what do you think, man? What are the games you like this weekend? So, quick rundown. We got some games that started. A bunch of bowl games already started, but those are all irrelevant. We're not going to waste no time on them. Um, tomorrow is when it all starts. So we got Purdue versus Auburn. I'm going with Purdue. That's the Music City Bowl. We got the... Boilermakers. The World Bowl, which has West Virginia versus Syracuse. I am going with West Virginia. We got the Valero Alamo Bowl, which is Iowa State versus Washington State. Now, I got to ask the Ozo, I got to ask Big Ezo, because... You know, I've been going with Washington State. <laughs> you love Washington State. <laughs> I love them Cougars. <laughs> <laughs> so I still want to go with Washington State over Iowa State. But Iowa State has always been tough, a tough team. Um, D1 to play with, whether it's basketball, college football. Them Cyclones are just real tough to play. But... I've been rolling with Washington State all season. I got to go with them Washington State Cougars one one last time. Well, there it is. At least you're loyal. You got to stay loyal. With Saturday bowl games, that's when it starts getting cracking. So we got number 10, Florida, versus number 7, Michigan. I'm going with number 10, Florida. Don't believe in a Michigan Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh. Well, that's a surprise for coming from you. Yeah. So then we have number 2, them Clemson Dabo Swinney Tigers. Now we into the, the playoff games. Going against number three, Notre Dame. I'm going with number two, Clemson Dabo Swinney Tigers. Go Tigers. Even though there was um, three players that was suspended um, for for Clemson due to um, 
some some stuff. There was some uh, what is it? Did they start getting involved in the hemp business before it was legalized by yeah. Mitch McConnell? It was not the hemp business. It was <laughs> like a like a type of steroid. But one of the kids said, you know, I don't need this type of stuff in my body um, to, to win anything. He said, I will not cheat my teammates. I won't cheat anybody. So I don't need it. So they're going and doing some um, some more testing, um, some lab results to make sure that it you know it wasn't done with intent. So to go on, I got number one, Bama versus number four, the young Oklahoma Sooners. And I'm going with the young Oklahoma Sooners because they have the Heisman Trophy winner, and I think Alabama is going to put their quarterback in to a last name I can't say. Uh, (laughs) Wow. I still think that leg and that knee and that ankle, I think it's still bothering him. He mentioned that he was going to be at um, at least 80%. Hey, but if you're an athlete – 80%, 80%, we know that we're probably uh, a real 70% if we're saying that we had 80. So, might even be lower than that. Years yeah. years, we know how to play with the pain and everything, but this kid really depends on his legs because he he can throw the ball, but if he can't get out that pocket, it's going to be a problem, major problem. So, I'm going with the number four Oklahoma Sooners to go over Alabama. Wow. Then, on Tuesday... We at the PlayStation Fiesta, Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> Fiesta, Fiesta. Fiesta. Yeah. I have to give it up to R. Kelly. Never. Fiesta Remix. <laughs> 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 we had to bleep his name out of the show. LSU over number eight, UCF. <laughs> then we have number nine, Washington, um, going against number six, Ohio State. This one is going to be, this is the Rose Bowl. This is going to be a damn good game. Um, you know, I like Washington. Since you like Washington, I'm going to go with Ohio State. Because I don't <laughs> like you. <laughs> don't be mad because Washington beat weak Washington State. I don't like Urban Meyer. But, you know, this might be his last game coaching forever. So I think them kids are going to step up. And uh, pull off this this upset on the other zone against Washington, just because you like to go with Washington. <laughs> and, and lastly, them kids don't know me. Team Texas, them Longhorns going against number five Georgia Bulldogs. Go Georgia, go Bulldogs. They um, came up short in the playoff game. I'm sorry, in the uh, the championship game against Alabama. Um, but I think these these kids right here. Um, once Alabama falls off, I think Georgia will be right there. With I think they're like number three in the in the uh, recruiting class going into 2019. I think Georgia Bulldogs got it over Texas. I don't think Texas is ready for this type of SEC football. And again, overall, to win the college national championship, who do I have? Clemson, Dabo, Sweeney Tigers. Once again. Well, there it is. That's a thorough analysis by Do It for the Tipper on the College Football State of the Union. Now, real quick, before you go, tell me your favorite boxing match of the year. It's the end of the year, Ozone. Oh, so you told me the other day to watch them heavyweights, and I watched them heavyweights stomp <laughs> on, 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 the, on the network. I forget the names of the heavyweights, but ooh, they would throw out like it was. It was like Rocky Three, like two. <laughs> it, 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 it was outrageous. <laughs> Dylan White, Dylan yeah, Delian White and uh, Derek Chisora. And the only problem I had was they all looked like they were in slow motion. They moved like heavyweights, but they were out there rock 'em sock 'em. <laughs> yes, they were. They were throwing just tree stumps out at each other. Man, <laughs> serious body work. Man. The, the best the best boxing match for me this year, man. Mm-mm-mm. Think about it. I'm gonna have to say Lomachenko. Lomachenko, Lomachenko fought in um, Linares. You like Lomachenko, Linares? Yeah, yeah. It was because that was the fight when Lomachenko he got knocked down and he got off off, off the canvas. He got off the mat and and ended the fight with a body shot. Yeah, I, I like that because it was didn't expect for it to happen. Um, we knew that Lenaris was was good, 
we hear the hype about Lomachenko, but for him to go into the ring and, and get knocked down and then come back and, and put them tips on him was was impressive. But in 2018, there was a bunch, a bunch of really, really good fights. But that one right there is probably the one that, that comes to mind and stands out the most for me as of right now. Wow, after all those fights, that's the one? Lomachenko? Shut up, Icon. You, <laughs> you had Triple G? You had Triple G, Canelo? You had uh, Tyson Fury and, and uh, Deontay Wilder and Lomachenko? I guess he named two fights. He only he only watched two fights. Don't the, worry the, about the, 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 the pity patters? You want you want to talk about the pity patters? But but see the thing is, uh, Icon, is those two fights you expect for those to be good fights. So you're already going in knowing that they're going to be good fights. We didn't expect that the Linares and, and Lomachenko was going to be that great of a fight. I did, and but yeah. and I'm actually disappointed that Jorge. Yeah. You know he was up on the cards. He was up. He exactly. was dominating. I don't know about that, but he was up on the cards. He was dominating them to me because he had and he had Lomachenko and he had dropped him. So in that, I mean, I just felt like it was very sloppy for Linares to get taken out, especially as a KG veteran to be taken out with a body shot like that. This is what I'm saying. That's why. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I can't. But I know that you're high on Lomachenko like that because you even liked his last his his latest work. <laughs> He asked me what was my good, my, my fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to help you out <laughs> so you know what, what your fight was. Okay, so you named two. So which one? Which one of the two was your favorite fight? Um, honestly, I don't like either one of those fights because so the simple fact that we didn't get a good, we didn't get a good, we didn't get a good call on the on the fight. I felt like Tyson Fury won the fight. <laughs> I feel like Tyson Fury actually won the fight, and I feel like Triple G beat Canelo. <laughs> Man, I kind of still off that eggnog right now. <laughs> <laughs> he on that skunk juice. There's a skunk shooting up the house, apparently. His eyes all messed up and everything. And I'm pissed. All right. Do it for the tipper. All right. Go back and watch some fights and then come back. We appreciate your contributions. <laughs> we'll see you in the new year. We'll check in and see how you did on the bowl games. Happy holiday. You too. Peace. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, this is a raggedy ozone. <laughs> Why is it going to be raggedy? Because we give you a speaker phone. I wish the people could see it. I'm holding the phone to the speaker. It didn't sound bad. <laughs> it didn't sound bad, but it did sound great. Sound like he was on the phone. He was in on the remote phone. location. <laughs> he was in the cave. He was in the cave. <laughs> he back that mixtape. <laughs> Let's move into boxing. Move into him. Just, just watch this past weekend. Some really good fights. Heavyweight fights jumped off. Deleon White and Derek Chisora. You know, Chisora should probably retire. Um, he won't, but he probably should. Uh, Deleon White is, you know, he took it immediately to go jump on Anthony Joshua, asking him for a fight and blah, blah, blah. Didn't Joshua already knock him out? Here's the thing. He doesn't need to. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it it's like night and day watching the top three guys and everybody else in the heavyweight right. division. Like, what are we doing this for? You're watching, you're watching Chisora and you're watching, you're watching Chisora and White. Then, then we saw the other fight on the Charlos card with Dominique Brazil, and I think it was Negron. And you know, all of these guys, I would say the downside is they move like heavyweights. They're big dudes, so they hit like heavyweights. But they move like heavyweights, and that's not necessarily something great. You know, they they move slow. They they have long punches. They have big punches, but it, you can see why Joshua, Fury, and Wilder are in a different class than the rest of these dudes. They're all fleet of foot. You know, they're all they all have a a, a more athletic layout. Right, and then when you talk about Fury and Joshua, you have. Guys who are Boxing big that can move that are fundamentally sound, which, which is just a yeah. nightmare. Yeah, and Deontay Wilder is just a great athlete. He's a monster athlete. Yeah, monster athlete, and and, and, and that's why he runs circles around Stavernes and stuff like that because he can do things that they just can't do physically. In the ring. Yeah, he, he, he can do things that they just can't do. And this is you know Brazil tried to call out Deontay, and and I, I like the way that Deontay played it, just like I like the way that that uh, that that Joshua played it. To be honest. Both of them kind of played it like, look, man, we got other fights to be made. And you have to know that. 
And he already, a pecking he already order. knocked out Brazil. Joshua knocked Brazil out as well. But this is what I'm saying. <laughs> but Brazil wasn't the one that was there. He was asking for Wilder. He wanted to get knocked out by Wilder. <laughs> he, he goes, he's he a wild boy. Yeah. <laughs> Which Deontay would be happy to do, I'm sure. All these guys get hit too much. You can't get hit like that by the big guys. It doesn't work. But then we moved into the Jamel and Jamal Charlo fights. Now, I have to say, I need to rewatch the fight because I was in and out. I was suffering from a little bit of jet lag, and I was sleepy. And... uh I didn't watch. I watched the heavyweight fight. Then I went to sleep because I didn't expect much out of the Harrison fight. But the Detroit native showed up and pulled off the upset. Now, I hear people say, actually, maybe he did win. But the the commentation was so biased that you couldn't even get it through your head that he was in the fight because everybody was so enamored with Charlo. And, you know, this was supposed to be a big, huge coming out party for both Charlos, and both of them had a tough night at the office. Both of them had a tough night. I mean, the second Charlo almost lost his belt. The middleweight Charlo yeah. did not look like it was. It, now, the only thing that I'll give him. He did not have dominatrix on his side. The only thing that I'll give him is is that his opponent stepped in a week ago or two weeks ago. So he didn't have time to prepare for a lefty opponent of a high Olympic and uh, Olympic caliber Amateur caliber fighter that had a decent professional career, Kobarov, and he made a name for himself. Well, the thing is, he's old. He they they signed him, top rank signed him years ago with the intentions of him being a superstar, with the intention of him being like a triple G type. Now he's just a filler, and now he's a, now he's a guy that can come in and fight on a week or two's notice and give you a tough fight. I like now, the way he came out because he was prepared. He was prepared. Until he's been watching the fights. And you could tell that he's goes you're either gonna beat him or lose fighting his fight. He's not he's not uh you know Yeah, and you can also tell that he was not impressed. He wasn't overly impressed. Yeah. In the twelfth round, Charlo wobbled him, but honestly, through the first six, I think I had it four two for Kobarov, maybe even five one. I could have even been upset if he would have lost that fight, if he would have got a draw, a split decision, some of that. Because that guy the was card at, was absurd. The card was like one nineteen, one oh eight or <laughs> yeah, something like, like that. What in the world is going on? Boxing really needs to work on getting there. They got to do something because this kind of stuff is way, way too far. You can't get a one nineteen out of that fight. Now, which one rubs you more the wrong way? Is it the is it the idea that somebody they have these cards that go this way, or the idea that Canelo Alvarez just made the easiest thirty three million dollars that anyone's ever made ever? That Canelo Al- Alvarez fight was ridiculous. I don't want to see Canelo now that he's an elite fighter. It's just like watching Floyd fight. Uh, you know when he fought Birdo and things like that. It's just not acceptable to see these elite fighters fight against. Now the guy that there are that, other elite fighters. Yeah, this are. is the whole point. Yeah, and the the guy that uh, that uh, uh, Canelo fought didn't even look like he should be fighting. At any level. Outside. He, he, he didn't even he look like a club fighter. No, he he shouldn't even be a bouncer because this dude <laughs> this dude was literally looking at his corner trying to figure out, should I, you know. Should I quit? Are you going to throw in the towel? Is, or should I sit stay down or get up? No, nope. He got okay, knocked down by a body shot in the first 30 seconds. Come on, man. We got to be better than that. <laughs> you be Especially if that. you want the subscription service. I mean, you want people to pay for that service. You're, You're not gotta, impressed with the zone. No, I'm not right now because I think that they need to give us more. We need substance. You didn't. You weren't impressed with the big baby fight. <laughs> a three hundred pound guy pity patting everybody. I need three hundred pounders to knock people, put people to sleep. He, he can put me to sleep. He ended up getting that, out of there. That, but you ain't in the. the, the but I ain't in the game. You ain't, you ain't <laughs> in the, the competition game. Yeah. You're in the broadcasting game. Yeah. You're in a, a broadcasting space right yeah. now. Well, we're gonna put you in a broadcasting space. You can be a pundit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was a bizarre. Yeah, so it, it wasn't. Fight. It wasn't ex- it, that that fight wasn't acceptable, especially his. I coming. think the women's fight before that fight was more exciting than the fight of Canelo. That was the the, the headliner, right? Katie, that, that's supposed to be his coming Taylor out party. You, you told this was a big deal for him to be three time three division winner, even though they created a division for him at at uh, one sixty eight. Uh, no, fifty seven oh. or whatever it was. But this was supposed to be his his big coming out party to beat to fight at uh, Madison Square Garden. You know, the first time that he was there and the long lineage of the great Latin fighters who fought in the Madison Square Garden, blah, blah, blah. He fights this dude that has a, a title. I don't know how he must have picked the title. It must have been an interim or something. Because if you are going to go up to 168, fight the real guy at 168. Yeah, fight somebody real. You don't even have to fight the champ. You know, an elite fighter. Just fight a guy who's going to be competitive. Right. Nobody's saying go fight Badu Jack. Yeah. Just, just get into a, comp- a competitive match. Nobody wants to watch you just beat somebody down. I don't want to watch that. And honestly, I can't believe that 
that that's almost like a signing bonus. Yeah, that, it was. That, that, it, it, there was a layup. That's like yeah. that's like Eddie Hearn and them giving him a signing bonus. Look, so we got an eleven fight deal at three sixty five. We throw you this first one. This first one is just to get people to see that we're actually gonna how this how the actual the the zone app works. Now what we see or what we're hearing is that next it's either Triple G or Danny, Danny Jacobs. Jacobs. And I've spoken with Danny since that fight. And uh, and I told him I heard the, the the rumors are true that he gets the fight. I mean, me personally, I could have him and Gennady just go at it two times a year till they both stop fighting. They don't have right. to fight anybody else. But um, Danny is uh, has been a great champion. He's a great guy. He deserves a shot at the 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 big time, big time, uh-huh. because he's already been there in Madison Square Garden and he showed the up lights against aren't too Gennady. The lights are not too bright. Um, you know, I didn't feel like he won the fight against Gennady, but he he definitely was there. He was the best. I would say he was Gennady's most difficult fight. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think he was more difficult and, and, than the. And we've been ringside. That's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I think it was more difficult than the than the Canelo definitely fights. Definitely more difficult than Canelo. Um, and and honestly, I expect Danny to really put a hurting on Canelo when they fight. If he if he can execute the Danny Jacobs. I think he could stop him because he. I haven't seen him stop, so I don't know about that. But I think that he can put a hurting on him because he's he's more athletic. Well, and he's way bigger than him. Yeah, I just think that one of the things when you talk about fighting with Canelo, one of the things that Floyd does, and I think that Floyd is actually trying to pique interest and see and and uh, you know tiptoe put his toe in it, brother, to see if he can actually get Canelo to come out and fight him. You know, and and if he could do that, then he thinks that he will put on a clinic. But I think that Canelo is actually good enough to beat Floyd now. But in an old Floyd, yeah, 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 that's what I said. Now, yeah. But I'm saying that to also but say I don't that think if you if you have rain to get down to one fifty four, yeah. But I, is Floyd one fifty four anymore? We don't know that. Well, he's forty seven. He's yeah. always forty seven, and that's his yeah. Whole but but thing. but he's older too. Yeah. So, so he might be a little bit heavier. But the thing of it is that what I'm saying is that whoever goes and fights Canelo for real, whether it's Danny Jacobs, Triple G, or whoever. The Charlos, whatever you do, you just have to have discipline and execute your game plan. Well, the thing that you have to do if you want to win is you have to knock him out. Yeah, you're going to have to knock you're, him you're out. Not, that's that's, that's, a, that's this a given. Is, this is off the top. You're not, you're not getting a decision. He comes in with two, against, two rounds against He you. comes in with two rounds under his belt. Yeah. So, you know, and I, and Canelo, I like him. I think he's a good fighter. I don't think that he's, in a, you know, a great fighter. I think he's a good fighter. But um, I, I just feel like that to, in order to beat him, you're going to have to be disciplined enough to knock him out. You work at work his body, which nobody ever does, and then you go to the head. But yeah. you, you just can't focus on beating his brains out because he's got a granite chin. He's got a granite chin, and yeah. he's got good head movement. Oh, uh-huh. and he's got Mexican meat, <laughs> and he's got the zone. He's got the zone behind him, which is giving him banked rounds. Yeah. Um. But now, one thing that I find interesting there is it, we don't really cover much UFC, but now you see they've moved the fight this weekend for John Jones's Gustav Gustafsson uh, rematch down to, or the fight down to the forum from from Vegas. Now they moved it to the forum from Vegas. I'm a believer that all the fights should be in Los Angeles. They just got to find a way to let people gamble on the fights here. Right. Um, but But the thing that you see that happened is the reason Dana White said they moved it is because John Jones tested positive again for the juice. But he tested but hold on, hold on, hold on a second. So he tested positive for the juice um in they said it was one fifty one fifty millionth of a positive test. It should be now, zero million. No, no, no. Listen to where I'm going with this. Where are you going? Now the reason that the test supposedly is positive is a residual effect of the same thing that he tested for before. Meaning that then and supposedly when you juice, it stays in your system. And so meaning that that this is why they sent it to the state of California's uh commission, because they're familiar with his blood tests and everything, and they're they're monitoring the tests that he tested his blood levels that he tested positive for two years ago, whenever it was he fought Daniel Carmier a year ago. And that was like a year and a half, two years and, ago. And the test now. And that's how long this stuff is supposed to stay in your system. I don't believe it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get Dr. Donald here so we can clear that up because I need to hear from him before I can believe what the commissioner or the commission is doing. Maybe me. so, but my point is where I'm going with it is in that sense, if Canelo Alvarez did test positive for the juice for whether it was from meat or whether it was from actually juicing so from about a year or two years ago. And or the effects are still there. That this is the whole point. 
greatest juicer of all time, greatest known juicer of all time, in my opinion, is Bartolo Colon. He's More than the Barry most, Bonds? most effective juicer of all time. When Barry Bonds started juicing, he actually shortened his career. Uh, the only reason Barry Bonds shortened his career is because they kicked him out the league because they blackballed him. Because other than that, Barry Bonds could still play. He, he probably can play today. Stick <laughs> without probably, question. Yeah, and so that that does. But Bartolo, big sexy, is giving you. I think he's forty three now, forty four. Bartolo has been in the league since Ronald Reagan was in office. Yeah. <laughs> he's been in the league, for like honestly, for like. 20, I think 22 years, 23 years or something like that. 24 years, I think. Mm-hmm. He was on that 94, 95 Indians team. And he got caught juicing and went out for a year, sat out for his year, whatever it was that he sat out, and has come back and has dealt ever since. So what are you expecting from Robinson Cano? I don't know if his juice is right. <laughs> I don't know if he got the right juice because it seems like you have to calculate your juice usage. You really need the doctor's supervision. And it seems like that's what Bonds was doing that worked out really well I think along Bonds, with having great genes. Right. I think that Barry Bonds is the greatest juicer of all time and it actually caught up with him and he would still be playing if they did not blackball him. He just did not get get along with the hierarchy with right. the, with the with uppers. The uh-huh. And if he would have, he could still be playing right now and he probably would have close to 1,000 home runs. If not a thousand, yeah. I yeah. mean, the guy was hitting seventy a year. Yeah. So, and, and then that means that even a reduced Barry, because Barry Bonds knew how to hit. He wasn't like the rest of the guys that juiced. Right. He actually knew. He how just to couldn't hit. run anymore because he got too big. Yeah. And yeah. and Barry Bonds, I, the four years after Barry Bonds retired, I guarantee he could give you forty bombs a year. No that, question. He knew that he could give you forty. The league knew he they could give him forty. He could give him forty. They just didn't want to sign him, you know. I think he was just addicted to everybody, so everybody just shut That's him down. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. But uh, with that, my point is when you're then in turn – so then they, they had Canelo sit out for the six months. Does that really do anything? No. We knew that off the top. And not only that, how do we know he still wasn't on the juice? You have actual – Well, they're saying that it's – Photographs of Canelo being way bigger than what he was, you know, and – I, they could say whatever. Well, that would be evidence to say he wasn't still on it. But what my point is is that we need a definitive answer on how long the juice stays in your system because it doesn't seem like the the suspensions match the amount of time that the juice actually stays in your system. Right. Well, you know, like with John Jones, John Jones. What I'm saying about John Jones is the way that he's been playing with the UFC, with the MMA, or whatnot. That he should be one and done. He should be finished. It shouldn't. He shouldn't have a trace amount of anything in his system. Well, they're saying it's totally and completely because of the last one. Like literally, he. Couldn't, of course, they would say that he couldn't get it out. But it's then, a, like, but then you know, after he beat somebody up or beat somebody or within an inch of his life, yeah. Then they'll say, "Oh, well, you know what? He was on the juice again." And that's not acceptable because you're you're messing with people's livelihood. You, you know, and you're messing with their life. Yeah, you saw what he did and to Cormier. Man, <laughs> you see what he did to Cormier. That wasn't right. Wasn't right. Wasn't you know? right. What do you think about Triple G's broadcast rights? Who do you, where do you think he's going to sign? I don't know, but I actually I think that it would be great if somebody could have some some kind of competition to with, the zone to the zone because then they have a monopoly on the market, which I don't re- ever feel like is good for the game or, or sport or anything. How do they have a monopoly? Showtime has a bunch of fighters. They got premier boxing championships on Fox now and on NBC. But all the big guys, the big guns, like are who? on premier. Who who? You have uh, all of you have Earl Spence, you have uh, Sean Porter, you have uh, the Charlos. You got Heard. You have um, once you start going up the ranks, you have okay. But see, this is what I'm saying. I'm talking about money wise. Showtime has Deontay Wilder. Yeah, but money wise, because Deontay doesn't pull in a lot of large pay per view either. But then you're talking about Triple G. You're talking about Canelo. You're talking about Anthony Joshua. Those are the monsters. So you need other people that should be on the other side of that to be able to compete with them because they don't have any big, humongous draws. They have people that you want to see, not that they don't have people. They got that Manny you... Pacquiao. Who? Premier. A oh, premier, yeah. He left top rank because top rank didn't want to pay him, right? <laughs> top rank didn't want to pay him. He did. Remember, he came out on Instagram, yeah, said he was a free agent. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever I was about to sign him. Dude. <laughs> 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 he said he was available. I, no, I didn't have He was enough. accepting phone calls. I couldn't secure it. No, nah. you couldn't. Damn it, Pac-Man. And speaking of which, Bozo AB has gotten arrested over the Christmas break for DUI, and or not a DUI, for a warrant, outstanding warrant. The guy got a $50 million deal, which was a cake gimme. I mean, I don't know Layup. how. Layup. He hasn't won in about 
since Maidana beat him up. Yeah. He hasn't he's had 33 any notable and three, fights. But, he has but not, in real life, but he's real probably life. about 28 and 7. At least. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, you know, and the, and the warrant was for um, driving without a license, yeah. no insurance, Silly stuff. and speeding. He's like, he's just got out of high school. That, yeah. Those are the kind of tickets I used to get in high school. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That you just stayed in court all the time. Yeah, Going all the drive, time. You got, oh, man, school, I got to go to court. You know, like, oh, dude. And he's doing this as a multi Then for missed in court. Yeah. And and now and now this man, I had a whole game, man. I ain't make it. <laughs> right, right. Just like okay, I got one for you too. Inside those walls. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but he's not. He's still not serious. And then he's this not is serious. And they gave the him the guaranteed money. I mean, I'm surprised that anybody trusted him with that kind of dough. Well, I wonder what's up with the incentives in boxing. Why can't you get an incentive laden contract? Why, nobody wants to play with incentives. Everybody wants to get some guaranteed cheese. You want guaranteed cheese, uh huh. But there, but there's also that Walker Bueller, uh huh. But there's also a chance that if you bank on yourself, I feel like a guy like Sean Porter probably could do that because he has as much confidence, skill set, and everything else that he could actually perform and peak out and get the maximum through maybe an incentive. Yeah, take a take a minimum, Uh and then every time stack it up, Uh just stack it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so that you're you're it's like you're a comeback player every year. Because that's the only thing that's going to make a guy like Adrian Broner stay on the right track. Adrian Broner is the type of guy that if he doesn't keep his act together, that he's you know he hurts he hurts the sport. I you don't have to you know I don't we had gotten to the point earlier in the year we weren't even going to mention his name on the podcast. Unfortunately, now they're using him. I mean, fortunately for him, because they gave him 50 million bucks, but they're using him like in this fight with Manny Pacquiao to which hopefully Pac-Man doesn't hurt him too bad. And then he's going to end up, they're going to try to use him to then, you know, leverage that to create another mega fight for, for Manny with whoever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's unfortunate. Now I wanted, I, I hit uh do it for the tipper for the, um, I had to do it for the tipper with his favorite fight of the year. What, who'd you got? Who's your favorite fighter of this year? And who's your favorite? What do you have a favorite fight? I'm always high on Triple G, but I think Anthony Joshua still, although he didn't, he didn't have uh, like a crazy he, fight. Yeah, crazy fight. The potential's there. Everybody acts like he's running from them, and he actually, actually has a business mind. You know, a, a head on his shoulders where he's just not out there money grabbing. You're saying it's a strategy. Yeah, uh-huh. and carrying himself like a like most of these guys are nowadays. Um, if if with his strategy and the way that he's doing it, I feel like it's the proper way to get the proper fights. Although I really, the best fight this year probably to me that we've sat next to ringside was that Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury. That was a great fight, and I'm I'm gonna go with. I, I'm going back and forth. I'm leaning towards Fury Wilder only because I loved the fight being in LA. Yeah. And it was, that, and I liked that, the big, that excitement big was, yeah. was awesome. But I'm going to go with, uh, we didn't go to the fight, but I'm going to go with Wilder and Ortiz. That Wilder Ortiz fight was awesome. It was awesome. And, and it was a, you're it, awesome. To, <laughs> you're awesome, Hulk. <laughs> and it, and it, uh, it led to a new peak in Deontay's career. And it showed something, you know, even though we all felt like he regressed in showing what he fought against Fury. I actually, I would go as far as to say he was probably my favorite fighter this year. When I when I go back and I look at it, he had two big, big fights. And he had two big fights where it looked like he was out. Yeah. You know, it looked like he wasn't going to win either one of those fights. I don't think he won the fight against Fury, but he did sneak out a draw. At, by hook or by crook, yeah. he show he clutched up and had that devastating knockdown that should have been a knockout in the twelfth. Yeah. To be yeah. honest, a mere mortal man would have been knocked out. Yeah. But as we've discussed, Tyson Fury had the hand of Christ on him, so yeah. there was nothing that, that, that nobody could do. He fooled him with Jose Chavez, <laughs> Chavez. Uh-huh. and uh, the Young Guns reference for those of you who are wondering. And uh, yeah, and you know, I, I like those great fights. fights. Yeah, I mean, I just felt like. With the Tyson Fury um, Deontay Wilder fight, it went the distance. We had knockdowns. Oh, it was unreal, we unreal. Were, it was a drama. And, w- and for those of you who listen and watch the fight game, turn the volume down and not listen to the commentators as much. And then also watch that how it how it pans out because there's a story actually that you got a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's uh, it's beautiful. And you got that. It is beautiful. Uh-huh. And you got and, that. And that. also when you watch that epilogue that Showtime had, uh, because that epilogue they had when it showed that. His wife actually, Tyson Fury's wife actually had a miscarriage and mm-hmm. didn't tell him. I mean, that's unreal. Um, prayers out to their family uh, so they have another child. But the idea that – because that could have been a whole different night if she tells him that news. Right. Uh, a, now, I think that honestly when you talk about Fury, I think that he peaked out. I think that he 
you know, if he fights Wilder again, he'll probably beat him. But I also feel like that that's probably the best that we'll ever get out of him. I would he be, was great that night. Uh-huh, I would be very surprised to see that he can get better than that physically. Physically, he can get better because he's yeah. still losing weight and yeah. the, the time. Toning up and everything Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. But man, oh, man, was that dude quick. Jesus yeah. Louise. That's yeah. a quick big fella. A quick big fella, but the biggest problem is that with, with the bigger guys, especially the ones that, that's coming out, is uh, is that they hit hard and he he doesn't get hit a lot. He wants to depend on it's like a pitcher who depends on deception. Yes. And eventually if you figure out his deception in the middle part or early part. You're not of, gonna keep getting knocked down by a guy like Deontay Wilder and getting up. Right. You're just not gonna keep doing right. it. And he doesn't and hit it, hard it, enough. He doesn't next, have the one punch to well, knock this people was, down. That was like what that. I was gonna say. When they do the rematch, somebody's getting knocked out. Yeah. And and if he doesn't knock out Deontay Wilder, I think he'll get knocked out. And I think that he'll just knock out Deontay Wilder just because he'll be getting better as far as physical conditioning and timing. And they're talking and, about Freddie Roach taking over. Yeah, and then he's fundamentally Tyson Fury's fundamentally sound where it's too late for Deontay Wilder to actually get the fundamentals, you know, to be able to beat a guy like that. And and shout out, you know, Deontay Wilder's a, a great fighter. And a great guy. Yeah, and a great guy. <laughs> really great I mean, guy. I like how he's a positive guy. Very positive. I like how both of them move. Yeah. Him and Fury. Yeah. Uh, they both gave it up. I that's that's the love I got. I would really love to see Wilder fight Usyk. I really would. Because if Wilder's coming God. in at two twelve I mean, maybe, I know, maybe he'll Usyk come in at 225 to, to or something like that. He doesn't have enough to bang with him. I mean, Usyk, is, he's, you know, we'll see what happens when he gets some meat on him and moves to the heavyweight division. But, uh, I mean, there's a lot of fights I want to see that seems like stables may prevent. I really want to see Earl Spence and, and Terrence Crawford uh, fight because I believe that Earl Spence is way better than Terrence Crawford. Not I just do better too. than him. I feel I like too. he's way better than him. I do too. Um, and and then then you got Keith Thurman coming back. You got Thurman coming back, and you have he needs obviously a couple fights to get you know to get himself together. I'm really excited to see what Regis does because yeah. Regis is man, don't sleep. He's probably going to win that tournament that they're that, that he's in yeah. the middle of, and, and he stays he moves ready. up to 147. And he stays ready, and his trainer keeps him ready. No doubt, his yeah. trainer is ready. Yeah, his trainer ready. <laughs> yeah, and I want to see what Mikey Garcia is going to do after the Earl Spence fight. I mean, I, I want to see that fight. Left. Um, you know, Mikey's challenging himself. As they say, he's daring to be great. Um, and, you know, just want to say the final farewell to HBO Boxing. They sent us some stuff for Christmas, which was great. Nice. And, uh, you know, we had a great time at HBO Boxing, both while I've been under their employ as HBO uh, actor for the show Ballers and well before we grew up watching HBO Boxing fights before there was pay-per-view with pay-per-view the whole nine. I mean, you know. I remember HBO at Caesar's Palace being the thing. Ninety degree fights at night outside at Caesar's Palace, all that right. stuff. Yeah. So just so good farewell. Uh can't wait to see what else they come up with. The people at HBO are very, very creative. So good luck to Peter Nelson and all those guys over there who've always shown us love and respect to young Coco. Everybody that takes care of us on the HBO boxing tip. Um you know, got a got a little football to talk about, but we're running kind of long. We'll save it. It's almost time for the Australian Open. The only thing that I wanted to say is I personally think Russell Wilson is the best quarterback on the planet. Just wanted to put that in there for everybody. Yeah, but you're wondering. talking about quarterbacks, and then this we're talking about another situation where Colin Kaepernick didn't get an opportunity to play, and he's definitely better than what they're throwing out there right now. No you doubt. Look, and honestly, you get I, Mark Sanchez and Burn. You can't get yeah, and, and the other guy that was his backup too. And I believe that this is that's it. It's over because he's never they, they've they've blackballed him from the league. And then there's the other factor, which is I think Colin Kaepernick now is like 31, maybe 32, something like that. I don't know how old he is. But eventually you can't just sit out indefinitely and, you know, and then come back and play. Well, one thing that I think that he can do is sit out and then come back and be better than Mark Sanchez. (laughs) That is for sure. I mean, and what's that kid, Peterman kid's name? I mean, there's just a bunch of guys that's walking around. Peterman. I don't even Peterman. know who Peterman is. The kid that was throwing all those picks before with Buffalo. He's the backup quarterback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's who I was talking about. That's yeah. what, that's what that, I, I can't mean, remember his name. So it's just, uh, you know, it's blatant. It's just right in your face that they're blackballing this guy. I'm not even, you know, saying that while everybody is talking about the injustice of it all, I'm saying that just as an athlete, if they're saying that they're serious about winning, then why aren't they trying to do the best that they can to put a guy out there to, you know. Well, and they're lying. And, and you know, so you're looking at the like Redskins you know and all that stuff, yeah. they're, they're lying about it. They're not being real with you. They're really lying about it. And we have actually quite a few celebrities who wanted to call in and talk about that. We just yeah. And maybe we can jump on, on it in the beginning of yeah, the year. Yeah, we'll jump on it at the beginning of the year. Uh, 
And then farewell to the Raiders. Oakland, the city of Oakland is not renewing their deal since they're going to try to go one and done. And so now the Raiders are trying to discuss different places to play before their stadium is finished in Vegas. And they're talking about setting up shop HQ out in London, mate. And uh, I've already told you guys we're going through a divorce. And as soon as the Raiders leave the state of California, I'm done. So it could be happening sooner than later. Um, you got anything else? Oh, the Raiders are going to be in the shootout with Kansas City this weekend. That should be a good game. Again? Yeah, this is the final game of the year. Kansas City needs this win. Oh, to, Kansas to get, City went and beat up on them a couple weeks ago, right? Now, yeah, but then they, they need in, to win this in game. In Oakland, so now they're going to play in Kansas City? Yeah, and they need this game for the bye. They do need that bye. Yeah. You need that bye in football in general. Yeah. I mean, it, that kid. We Who's going to beat the Bears? We have. Uh, that's what I'm saying. We're about to find out if the Bears are real this weekend when they play in Minnesota. But uh, that kid hurt. Hurt Kareem Hunt hurt the Kansas City Chiefs he so much. The, he hurt Chiefs Nation. He did. He really did. I, I mean, he's going around beating up on women, so now you got to pay. Man, I just wonder if he'll ever get a shot, if he'll get another shot. You know what? For me, honestly, with the NFL, the way that it is, I, I, I listen and watch them kicking people out of the league for different reasons, and they have rapists. Oh, wife beaters, murderers, and everything else sure in the do. league. So what is where, what? Where's the line? There is no line in the NFL. Yeah. So how can you? They, ever, they got held to a social ransom for once with this Kareem Hunt thing. Yeah, and other than that, it would just be right under the rug, just yeah. like everything else. So they yeah. they really, I mean, if it wasn't for social media, guaranteed there there would have been no consequence. And it's unfortunate though because they don't really have. They're letting us know that they don't have any boundaries. They they know that there are no boundaries. In the NFL, and this is something that they do that's not that 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 the other leagues have definitely not jumped onto. Well, and another problem with me is that they're putting out an inferior product right now because the league is watered down like almost flag football. You can't touch anybody, you can't hit anybody. You got these guys who are running as fast as I don't know what a freight train, and then you want them to stop on a dime and not touch the quarterback because he's the face of the franchise. Because you couldn't tell who the other players are because they always have their helmets on. And they don't mind if they get hit or knocked out of the game or whatever. But paralyzed. The, yeah, paralyzed. But the quarterbacks, they want to protect those guys. I feel like if you're going to protect anybody, you should protect everybody. <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? I'm surprised somebody didn't have to protect Baker Mayfield from Hugh Jackson's fist since he decided to stare him down running down the field. I thought that was a very, very interesting uh, decision that he made. As a the, Football, man, football's wild. I mean, the way you talk to the coaches, the way that you, the football is just a wild. I, I don't even know if it's wild like that as far as, you know what, because Baker may, may feel, feel com- he feels comfortable now that he can do that. Before he wasn't in a situation to do that. But, you know, we all know that once a guy gets into a situation where he's the, the superstar, so when Baker Mayfield becomes the face of the franchise, he'll be able to talk to any coach, like anything, say anything that he wants to like to him. Like a pimp. Yeah, and, and won't be able to say anything to him. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> we running this, this, we running ZYX, Memphis, Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> I love that play. Yeah. That's my favorite play. ZYX, Memphis, Memphis. Yeah, good idea, Baker. Yeah. It's a good idea. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And they'll go along with it. Get- <laughs> Memphis, Memphis. Go route. But this is defense, Baker. I don't know. <laughs> But this is how it is in the league, though, in all of the leagues, because you just they they don't get paid as much as the players. There's only a handful of coaches that actually have the power to shut a player down or to tell them or to actually Popovich is one of them. You jump out of pocket with Popovich. You might not whoever, regardless of whoever you are, you might not see the light of the game again. I mean, there's only a handful. But for the most part, it works against the fundamentals of sport. It sure does. To be honest, it sure what, does. What sport is supposed to be about. And for and for once, you know, long time now, we just saw LeBron get hurt. What are the Lakers going to do? You know, LeBron just literally maybe popped his groin. They're making it seem like it's not as bad as he said he'll be right back. It's a great opportunity for Brendan Ingram now. Yeah, and for the second best player on the team, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, uh, the the young guys, I I do. I think he's the second best player on the team. And I also believe that it was impressive what the young Lakers were able to do to keep spanking the Warriors, uh, you know, after LeBron got hurt. It's going to be interesting. They're going to need to get Boogie back because they actually need Boogie if they're going to win because they don't look impressive this year. They really don't look like the full dominance like normal. 
Yeah, nobody's intimidated. The Mike nobody's Tyson effect is gone. Oh, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. And a lot of that has to do with infighting because it's not like they didn't just win the championship seven right. months ago. A lot which, of that just which has we, to do. We've seen way. A million times. Yeah, a million in, times. In, in, every team, yeah. in every sport. In every sport. You start feeling yourself a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you got guys calling other guys bitches on the team. Yeah. That's a problem. And then a guy like Clay Thompson goes into a slump right now. and now Yeah, because mentally he's not feeling it. Yeah. Come on, man. It's a problem. Well, we'll see. Get us some cowboy Kev next time, too, since it's almost go time to figure out what's what with them cowboys. Yeah, doggy. Goo, goo. <laughs> this is the Ozone, folks. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Lao Tzu heading into the new year. And it is, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. And if you are at peace, you are living in the present. Take time. Appreciate your time off, your family, your friends, your loved ones. Let people know how you feel about them because we only get one go around in this life. We're in it together, folks. I am your host, Omar Miller, and this is the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life.